Welcome to Podcast Hackers, the show for podcasters by podcasters. Here, each episode, you'll hear from the best and brightest podcasters and learn how they're growing their audience, monetizing their shows, and making an impact through podcasting. And now, your host, Craig Hewitt. All right, welcome back to another episode of Podcast Hackers. Today, we have Bernie Mitchell on the show. Bernie, how you doing? I'm doing great today. It was Delicious to hear your voice after all those years of um, emails and recommendations. <laughs> Likewise, no, it's uh, the the name to a face in the podcasting world. I guess is the the voice to an email or a voice to a chat. So yes, it's it's great to catch up, and I'm excited to kind of dig into what you guys are doing at WeShare. Uh, would you mind sharing a bit about kind of yourself and what you're doing in the podcasting world and how you got started? Um, so, so I am, my, my main podcast is, uh, in fact, my only podcast nowadays is We Share Radio, which is a taken years to evolve, but it's, um, it's, it's, it's a network of, of podcast shows, mainly about like co-working, future of work, collaborative economy, bits of Bitcoin in there. So if I was honest, it was like, I, I know a lot of very smart people and I'm not very smart myself. And I, I've got a team of us to interview all these smart people just to sort of bring our uh, our level up, and then um, I help run a co-working space called At Work Hubs in London, and do content strategy in um, on on job platforms like Upwork and Malt. So that's my portfolio. Gotcha. And so, how did how did the podcast start out of all of the other things you're doing in the the kind of collaborative economy and co-working and things like that? It, it started in the end of 2012 when I was in a. Um, I think something everyone does in London is they become a co-founder of the next sales force that quickly turns out not to be. Really? And I started, a, I started a podcast to interview people in what was then the sharing economy and collaborative economy. So it was a good way of like, which, which is a well, well-trodden path of people will meet you for a podcast, but they won't meet you for a coffee. And um, so it was, it, was, it was that. And then, the, and then the startup I narrowly missed becoming a co-founder of fizzled out. And um, we just kept on going. And about in 2013, I joined the WeShare community and just on and off podcasted around then. We do, we do a big festival called WeShare Fest every year. And the main part of it, of the podcast, was interviewing people around that festival, which was, again, a huge, you know, loads of really, really interesting people. And then other people got involved with the project. And, and then last year, we just went, let's find a way to do this you know, really seriously. So there's a group of five of us got together uh, and we'd all kind of done little bits on it. Um, and there's Trevor who's like, uh, runs a co-working space in Canada and he's very good at audio and audio journalism and he's a Drupal developer. So he, he brought that tech part. There's Kat who is a probably best known for working like fast company and shareable. And she writes a lot about the collaborative economy um, Martha, who's a documentary filmmaker from London and our co-working space, and Elena, who's my main partner in crime in WeShare in London, um, and Hector, who runs a platform for a collaborative buying platform for co-working spaces and is a really good uh, WordPress developer. We kind of like mashed together like this Marvel superhero suicide squad thing right. and started, started making it. And we've learned loads about each other and working in a remote kind of team um, as it, you know, bringing like all our talents and side projects and together. So it is epic, but it is painful in a car crash at times too. Gotcha. No, I can imagine. I can imagine. And so we share is a, a network of shows or, or just kind of one, one show that has a couple different kind of angles to it. 
it, it's it's a network of shows. I, I'd like to think it was. Okay, it's kind of a, a big inspiration from it was the um, the Rainmaker platform and how they uh, right from the beginning I was part of uh, the Rainmaker I signed up to Rainmaker and watched how they evolved their podcast network. So I've taken a lot of influence from that. So we have we, we're just at the point where we're going to be stop publishing a show every day. Wow, um, which is which is like sounds really oh we do a show every day, but it's like killing us getting there but it's worth the effort. Sure, sure. I'd love to hear more about the the network uh, and how you guys evolved that because I think a lot of people that get into podcasts and say, I'm going to start with one show, but in the back of their mind, like that little devil is saying, well, yeah, but if you got like a couple friends and a couple people like you have in your space, you could start you could start your own kind of network. But how, how has that evolved um, and, and like some things that you've learned along the way with building a network? It's, um, oh dear, it's that, to, easy, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's that easy, huh? <laughs> like there's, there's seven shows, and um, they're not all like I tried to do them. Even though people on the team had far superior advice, I tried to do them all at the same time, and I've had to learn to say no to stuff. And we, you know, it sounds obvious, but it's really hard to do. And we spent a lot, particularly Elena and I, spent a lot of time. She's she's been with the project the longest. We spent a lot of time working out what the branding and the message and the the uh, you know how to run it. She, she's a scrum master, so she's very good at you know going right you know slow down. What are the steps to this? Who's who's going to who's the end user for this? Um, and we seem to have done a lot of talking, but that talking that talking and working out has been really really necessary. And then finding we could have got a hundred people involved in it, and and I. I you know, I'm like a Labrador. Like, I love everybody, but we had to work out who who would, you know, who was available and who would fit into the team. Because everyone, it's almost like making a sale. Everyone's really interested and wants to be a part of this. But as soon as you ask them for the money, they're like, "Oh, you know, I didn't mean I wanted to buy it." Mm-hmm. So, so how much time people can commit to it alongside their own things, and then we we've worked out the. I say we is like now when I say we, it's like all of us have worked out what we need to do to move forward. So like a, a big conversation going through the team at the moment is we've all become, um, and something I, I'd highly recommend people look up is a, a lady called Jessica Abel, who wrote a book called Out on the Wire with Ira Glass, which is about documentary radio journalism and that NPR type of thing. Uh-huh. So we're, we're all hoovering up her content at the moment. And that that's exactly what we needed, but we've had to like listen to loads of, how to launch your podcast rubbish and content marketing guru stuff to like get to the stage of like, actually what we want to make is this type of show. Hmm. And that's a longer journey than I would have liked to have been. Yeah. I mean, so this is interesting. I mean, it's, this is a bit of why I wanted to do this show because there is a ton of information out there and a ton of garbage. And well, there's, there's plenty of good information. There's a ton of garbage out there about how to launch a podcast and things like that. But I think the thing that, really both makes you or any podcaster content and happy and want to sit in front of the microphone for an hour every week or every day in your case, um, and growing an audience and connecting with those people that are listening is really having a, a unique and honestly beneficial, that's not really the right word, but uh, a, a perspective and a purpose to your podcast that, that really matters. Um, and I think that's tough for people to find, especially as they're starting. Sounds like you guys had to kind of iterate your way through 
you know, fumbling through the the steps a bit until you found your message and your purpose and your vision. Is that is that accurate? That that is that is sideways accurate because we our our problem not a problem but one of the things we had is there were so many messages. So um, the the We Share Fest in Paris and the one in Barcelona and there's one in Rio is is almost like a TED conference. So it's like doing a TED podcast. And you know, so it's not quite as you know, it's the brand's not as huge as as that. But um, and there were every year, um, all these topics would get thrown into it. And you know, the first thing I heard about Bitcoin ever was and blockchain and that type of stuff was at WeShare Fest. So we kind of had so many people to interview, and there was such an epic mix of like startup dudes and academics and researchers and freelancers and the, the co-working movement was a big thing there. So we didn't, you know, it was, everything was shiny. So it's like, what could we really focus down in? And you, and you said, and it, as I'd love you to think that I do podcast every day, but we, it's publishing a podcast every day. Well, sure. Yeah. And it's finding, it's finding people who are interested enough in what they're doing to be able to publish something every week. Um, so that that's been another part of finding 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 those people. So because something I picked up from the uh, copy builder guys is this idea of being a showrunner, and I love that. That that was a I hate job titles, but I kind of embrace the showrunner thing. So I love podcasting, and I love going and finding other people to put podcasts together. And a lot of what we do is finding people who are really good at storytelling, but they get stopped by the tech. So we're like, just send us you know record your show like this and then send us the audio and then we'll do the rest Mm, mm -hmm. and that sounds really easy but even that bit is quite hard to do and a lot of it's built around like the 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 purpose of the whole or the you know the simon Sinek type why is to help people find their voice because the we we know a lot of people who are really interesting doing really really important doing really really important work but you know, they're not very good at Twitter or blogging or stuff like that. So people like me with a gob get heard of when, you know, all we do is podcast, when these other people are making these projects that will cure cancer, famine. And- sure. No, but I think there is, I think, well, maybe I'm saying this to uh, to sort of pacify my own sense of purpose, but I think there is definitely a place for folks maybe like us who are helping some of those people find a way to get and deliver their voice to the world so that they can make a better impact. Maybe that's kind of our purpose is, is enabling those people a little bit. I'm, I'm really like, that is now, you know, that, that's my purpose. So when I, when I, you know, when I read a book or something, it goes, you know, what's the one thing you could do all day? And it's just interviewing people. And as soon as I realized that I didn't know, have to, I didn't need to know everything about the subject when I sat down, you know, and I just had to ask questions, you know, it, it was fine. Cause you know, there's less work for me and more interesting for the person interviewing me. Sure. Or who I was interviewing, sorry, wherever way it was. You know what I mean, don't you? Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think almost as a, a bit of an interview tip, I think is do a bit of homework on someone that you're interviewing so that you know, generally kind of what they're about, but don't do too much because you want to go into it eyes open and let the conversation go wherever it needs to. I think people that do a ton of research and know exactly what they're going to ask and what the person's going to say is uh, makes for predictable radio. Uh, but, but I think that if you can go into it and really just have an open and flowing conversation, then it really gets interesting sometimes. Definitely. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I have to, and I, I hate to, to chime too much on the network thing, but it's really an interesting perspective that, that you have uh, running, you know, what is a, a pretty big network of podcasts. How, how does the recruitment of a new person to run a podcast and, and the finances of it work? And, and you don't have to give specifics, but, but generally how does, you know, say you want to hire Craig uh, to go run a new podcast for you, what what does that look like from kind of both sides? At, at the moment, um, it, we're all you know we're all volunteers, and if, if you is a polite way of saying it, um, and I've, I've always I've always found it really hard to monetize my podcast, and, and our London bloggers meet up, everyone's going, "How oh, do I monetize my blog?" And and I just just a few situations I've been in over the years. There's very few people that make money from their podcast. Everyone wants to be like, you know, Pat and John and, mm-hmm. you know, earn a hundred K a month. And I, I'm, you know, sick of people going, Oh, I'm going to make my money podcasting. And it's, I could see how I could do that if I went down, you know, if I, you know, made a course or something, but I make money podcasting by it being another piece of content onto projects I'm doing. Okay. Um, and for we share radio, we have someone who I've known for ages that's exactly the right fit to our audience who will sponsor it um, when we get to a certain level. So we're in that kind of like when we get to the level, they'll sponsor it. And, you know, and they've sponsored other things in the past. So that's, I'm, I'm confident around that. And then the one we, after everything, we're going to go down the Patreon line. And it's about, I don't know how that will work. You know, we, we know what to do and we've read a lot about it and we know some people that are doing very well on Patreon, but our confidence, it, and we have, we, we already have an audience because there's a very big audience in, um, in WeShare. So I kind of feel like I'm putting my heart on the line here by saying we will do, we will produce content that's good enough for people, valuable enough for people to give us money for. And I feel, we all feel like we're kind of, exposing ourselves to like is this good enough that people will you know contribute whether that's two dollars or ten dollars sure um so that that's where we're going with that but other other things we've been hired by a company to make a podcast for them and that's that's where the money is in that but i would love we share radio to turn into you know something that makes enough money you know the content is valuable enough and inspirational enough and educational enough that people will you know, a lot of people will give us like $5 a month instead of going to a sponsor because I've had a great time with sponsors, but I always find it a little bit, it's not, it's not the sort of, we want to be able to like swear and call people out on the radio show, not pander to a sponsor. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, I think when, uh, gosh, I've been podcasting for three and a half years and haven't had any sponsors. And I think one of the reasons is, um, yeah, the day you take money from a sponsor, especially on a longer term basis. Uh, you're, you're a bit beholden to that sponsor to have the messaging be a certain way and the tone of your show and the, the, the things you talk about. Um, and so I think folks who like yourself that, that want that artistic and creative freedom, um, that the sponsorship might not be the way to go. If you're okay with being a little more constrained around the things that are on your show and how you say them and things like that, then, then sponsorship might be the way to go. Um, but I'm not convinced that that's the best money either. I don't think that a lot of podcasters get rich on sponsors. I think they, they make their money probably like you, you guys do with creating sponsored content, like, you know, creating a podcast for someone else because you're such good podcasters or running your conference and your, 
your community and things like that. Um, from all of my podcasting experience and working with a bunch of successful podcasters, um, they almost all have some other business venture or way that they make money on their podcast. And it's not directly from recording a podcast and releasing it every week. Yeah. I've taken like for years now, I've taken my lead from um, pro blogger, Darren at pro blogger and yeah. um, the guys at copy blogger. And, and it's been, it's been um, even just watching them evolve what they do has been a, a, has been a massive education. So there's a lot of, you know, I'm applying a lot of what I've learned over like nearly a decade now from them into this into this project, and it's the first project I've I've you know put together that all of that has made sense. And I think it's because the without sounding too wishy washy, like you know the purpose and the expertise are all kind of aligned at the same time. So there's like something to do there that's that glues it all together really well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So um, okay, so you guys are. are producing and creating a bunch of content. Um, and I think this is probably applicable for everybody out there, whether you're going to run a network or not, um, is, is kind of filtering what is included and what is not included in your show. Uh, how do you guys approach like, okay, we're going to create another podcast episode, whether it's you and a co-host or one of your team members and, and another team member as like a co-host situation, or we're going to go find a guest to talk about X how do you guys approach content planning in the in the respect of keeping true to to kind of the core message and the line that you wanted to walk uh, for for any of your shows? That's 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 uh, exactly the problem we're having at the moment. <laughs> Picking at the scab, aren't I? Sorry. Yeah, no, this, this is this is good stuff because you know I have to commit to stuff now. Is um so we because because we all live in different places and work in different things. It was like getting everyone together is is really hard because um, of timings and people traveling and time zones and then working out which people needed to talk to which people. And, you know, there's a couple of things that, you know, I started that I just wouldn't let anyone else touch because I'm a, a, a knob. So I've given them away and let people, let people have a go. Not, don't even have a go, like let people own that and then mm-hmm. put someone in between, put, put someone in between me and that podcast so I can't interfere. And then, is we probably spent like a six months like distilling like what really matters to us. And there are a lot of political changes here um, in, in the UK. Um, like Brexit was stirred up a lot of stuff and Martha did podcasting around that. So we spent time just podcasting with whatever came up. And then this year we're, okay, we, we're going to commit to, uh, we're like a media partner for about five, five events around co-working and co-ops and a big one called Future Fest, which is in London. So our content's driven by those and freelancers, European Freelancers Week as well. So it's all it's that that drives our content. And then we're looking for stories that are interesting to us individually within those events. And then we split them up into um you know, there's one one that's just dedicated to all the events that we're going to take part in. Uh, Martha is doing a documentary about the housing crisis in London which would be kind of more of a, an NPR type thing. And, and that's, that's probably the most serious grown up M, you know, NPR type thing we're going to put out this year. Um, it, it's, it's, it's like a work of art rather than a, you know, Bernie and his zoom mic shouting at someone. Sure. <laughs> sure, sure. Is there, so will that be audio and video? It'll be, it'll be audio. It'll be like, I'd love to, uh, you know, we, we'd love to, 
be able to do both, but at the moment it's just practical to to do that. Sure. Um, and then Trevor and I are really interested in freelancing and co-working. So that's governed by the people we know in those communities, not talking about co-working because there's only so much you can talk about co-working, but all the, the values around co-working, how people connect. And a lot of our audience are freelancers or independent economic agents or, you know, unemployable as, as people would say. So, you know, there, there are people. So that's very much like that audience. And there's a few other people that are going to do shows who have come onto the network who already have, uh, you know, we've known for a long time through the WeShare network. They have, they have big audiences. Um, and, and their, their content is, is way higher level than I could even, you know, I, I want them on the network. So I look smart, um, but you know, they, they have, you know, they publish regularly. They've got big platforms. So they just, they're just kind of like turning their, written content their web content into audio content and getting people around round tables gotcha. so th- th- is that i'm going to stop there i feel like i've been i'll go through every every show no it, no i mean i think it's uh, the reason i ask the question is i think it's difficult for anybody to 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 have and to to contain or, or to to keep consistent uh, a theme and a message uh on a podcast and whether it's one person in their podcast or you with your network of podcasts, you guys are trying to have like a cohesive and consistent message that you you bring to your sponsors or to your audience and to sponsors potentially. But then you bring on a new podcast or somebody has a, a you know, there's Brexit and you guys have this kind of tangent that you have to go down or you feel like you have to go down. And, and so kind of the question is like, for all of us, I think, as our lives and our businesses and our brands evolve, how do we say no to a lot of things probably that that could come in our podcasts uh, and people that could come in our podcasts and, and try to stay true to the, the road we want to go down with our messaging and the people that we're serving. That's kind of what I was getting at. We, we've done a lot of exercises, you know, through just different communities we're part of um, or like online learning things where all, all the questions we've asked and, you know, who's our avatar and who's our ideal, this and stuff like that. And it, and things that are important to us all collectively are um, storytelling, uh, but not in a kind of like brand storytelling thing. It's like finding out people's stories, which is why the Jessica Abel, Jessica Abel stuff is so on point for where we are at the moment. Mm-hmm. The, um, and then it's about giving a voice to people. And we all feel strongly that there's a lot of, you know, in, in any industry, there's a lot of rock stars make a lot of noise. But then, you know, when you leave the event and go back to your, in our case, co-working space, you know, who are those people? And it's, it's shining a light on people who are doing, doing, you know, doing good stuff, even just like doing normal stuff, doing their jobs, but articulating and saying, Oh, look, hi, you know, this is um, like someone I podcasted with on this week was Erica, who is an audio engineer from Canada who comes to our blog club. And it was about mental health. And I just spotted that she was doing a walk for um, Mind, which is a mental health charity. And that's like a big thing for me. And, and then that podcast turned into how, uh, how her father died from flown flying to Canada, flown from Canada to New York for a meeting and died in 9-11. Mm. And, and mm. how that all mashed together with her, uh, her mental health and journey. And, yeah, that that was that was more than I was expecting from from that podcast because, but you know, 
I, I, I just even before all that came up, I was just enjoying saying, "Oh, this is Erica from our community. I'd like to, sh- you know, shine a light on what she's doing." And that was it. Yeah. So there's not. There's not like, oh, you know, if you get a, can you get a, can you get a podcast with Seth Godin? Uh, you know, uh, it's that. That's not the conversation we're after. We're after like connecting a lot of people who are all in the same wavelength or, or same, you know, economic bracket, if you like. Sure. Sure. Interesting. Interesting. So Bernie, one of the things we we love to talk about is uh, things we've learned. And that's a very uh, nice way of saying uh, I, I screwed up with this thing and it really was horrible, but now I know better. Uh, and the, the purpose for this is for folks who might be a little newer in the podcasting game than yourself to maybe kind of let them avoid some of the the bumps on the head that, that we might have taken. Um, would you like to share anything that you feel like you've learned that could particularly save somebody some grief uh, down the road in their journey? I, I was thinking about this and it, it's, it's been just being upfront with the people you are podcasting with. Cause there's more than one occasion when I've, I've done a recording and I've only recorded like my side of the interview or something like that. And you know, the, the, the big people I've recorded with and messed up with, and I've been, I, I've like caused you so much mental energy panicking about it. And people like talk, people like talking about themselves and nowadays, I'm just at the beginning of each interview, I'm saying, I'm just going to check this because I'd rather be awkward now um, about checking it than awkward after we've, I've taken half an hour of your time. And can we just, and saying things like, can you just make sure that, you know, if you find yourself talking for more than two minutes, that's too long. So can you be aware of that? And, mm. you know, I, I can get away with it because I'm a bit cheeky, but just I'm resisting the temptation to say professional. It's just like be, be brave and, you know, open with the people you're podcasting with and that's always ever since i started doing that it's worked really really well and most people where i've messed up and then gone back they said well why didn't you say something at the time in in a nice way so you know yeah just being in control of what you're doing because you're you're you feel better about it and you know it's 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 annoying being interviewed by a, a wimpy bernie who's scared of everything you know it's a much more you know, it's a better project. Sure, sure. You know, the one, uh, the one specific example I have that I've heard similar to this is uh, talking with guests upfront and before a recording, even about your expectation for them participating in sharing the podcast episode that will come out. Yep. So even before you go, you and I go to record this episode. Maybe I would say to you, Bernie, I'd love for you to come on the podcast hackers show. Uh, We'll record on this day. The episode will go out two weeks later. The expectation is you will you can share it in your email newsletter and on social media and create a link, a permanent link on your website. Um, because I'm a big part of kind of podcasting is all of us kind of growing our networks and, and our listenership and our audience together. And if you're able to say that up front, and someone would either say, yeah, sounds great, let's do it, or I'm not quite down with that, maybe because of this or that or other. Um, and, and then it, you can decide, okay, this is just not a good fit. We ought to just save ourselves the hour of, of both of our time. Uh, or we can talk about why it might not work instead of you being disappointed later uh, that your guest doesn't, isn't a good share of your podcast episode. So I think just setting that expectation ahead of time, this is just one example, but there's a lot of ways that I think we all could probably do that better. Set the expect- expectation ahead of time, communicate, be upfront like you're saying, and then everyone's happier in the long term. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Awesome. Uh, Bernie, for folks who want to kind of check out more about WeShare and learn what you guys are doing, can you share where they can find out more? If you, if you type in um, WeShare, uh, you have to be specific about this. It's, it's, a, it's a French thing. So it's 
O-U-I, as in we share. And there's, there's WeShare.net, which is the main website for the whole community. And then there's WeShareRadio.com, which is where we do our podcast. And that's just dedicated to that. And you can, most most places, if you just type WeShareRadio in, we'll, we'll come up. Awesome. Bernie, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Great. Thanks very much, Craig. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of Podcast Hackers. If you liked what you heard today, please head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. This goes a long way towards helping spread the word about the show to other podcasters just like you. Until next time, happy podcasting.